If you want to make an audiobook, go to thetalkingbook.org. That's thetalkingbook.org. Check out these amazing writers, narrators, indie publishers. Come to Asheville. We record books in a booth. Here's the show. Hey listeners, Chris Hartram is here of The Talking Book, Asheville, North Carolina. Since 2016, a nonprofit recording books, audiobooks for small publishers, authors, organizations, university presses, you name it. Here we play excerpts from authors, reading from their new books, really cool books, like today, Violent Candy. I'm going to get to that in a second. This is one of those shows now, you're listening to it as I speak. Uh, so what's new with everyone? Um, I did a reading with Ashley Brian Phillips, Megan Boyle, and Julia Scoria at Bagatelle Books. That was really amazing and beautiful. Me and the family were in Raleigh, visiting the in-laws. It was lovely. The kiddos had a blast. I ate so many candied pecans, I became ill. Pecan? Pecan? What do you say? Pecan pie. I eat pecans. Would you like a slice of pecan pie? I think that's what I do. I say one for each. Little known fact about me, I love pecans. Too much, you might say. Enough with the nuts. Now we're officially in the holiday season. My sons have written their list to Santa. They both asked for a puppy. It's three years running now. I've spent eight years raising two boys, uh, and I've, I've survived without getting a dog as well. I love dogs. I grew up with dogs, but it's like, you know, when you're raising two kids and a dog, you know, it's a lot of work already. But anyway, this year, I'm screwed, I'm getting the dog, so I've been spending endless hours looking for the perfect pup online, and it's harder than you think, because it's like, yeah, walk into some rescue and just get a random mutt, you know, everybody says that, but you know, it's kind of fun, you're looking at these breeds, you're looking at temperaments and stuff, you're looking at pros and cons, Um, if you're kind of neurotic like me, you know, it's a little, uh, it's addictive, but you know. I grew up with golden retrievers, yellow labs, pretty classic stuff, standard. But anyway, stay tuned on possible Christmas dogs. Uh, the chronicles will continue. Today, the important thing is today, I have a reading from Tex Grisham. The book is Violent Candy, a collection of 16 stories about the depths we go to to find love for ourselves and from others. The trauma we obtain in childhood and carry with us into adulthood. The desperation to find connection in a world determined to tear us all apart. And the self-inflicted violence we sometimes direct at others. There's a woman who loses her child to Disneyland fantasies. A man who learns a horribly destructive secret about his new stepdaughter. An elderly man in love with an ostrich. A wife whose husband might or might not be possessed by the devil. A man whose only cure for self-hate is drinking weed killer and many more things. It's an emotional mix of poetic absurdity, backstabbing humor, and depressive surrealism. It's lowbrow, it's vile, but it's refined. It's devastating and bleak, but hopeful. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this reading from Violent Candy by Tex Grisham. story is called Mouse. I order pizza and wings after my wife goes to bed three times a week. There's a place around the corner that does a deal with a half-sized pizza and a half-order of wings. I'll call them just before they close, Christmas Eve. People gotta be with family. 
The delivery dude brings it to the side gate. He knows to do that by now. I always tip him well because he's discreet. Maybe he's got his own pizza and wings thing. There's a cheap foldable lawn chair that I stash behind the AC unit in the dark. This is where I eat. Just outside of the back patio's light. If my wife wakes up, which she almost never does, and looks in the backyard, she wouldn't see me. I told her to go to bed early. Santa's coming. She rolled her eyes, kissed me, and tucked herself in, excited to see what I bought her this year. We don't have secrets, really. I don't gamble, don't risk our life savings on investments behind her back. I've never harbored any need to sleep with someone else. And I guess my wife hasn't either, because she would have told me. She crumbles like a suspect under hot interrogation lights whenever I ask her if she drank the last of the milk. She can't lie. We don't have secrets, except for this. Usually, once I finished my pizza and wings, I frisbee-toss the empty boxes into the vacant lot behind our house. My secret trash is becoming a thriving kingdom for bacteria and critters and all kinds of nasty bugs. Cardboard biodegrades, so it's cool. I open the box. Oh yeah. Bacon and mushroom pizza with a crust that's almost deep dish. Caramelized edges brushed with a buttery garlic sauce. Rich, crunchy. The bacon is so loaded with delicious fattiness that it's like pork belly. The wings, all legs, are thick like a genetic mutation, drenched in a hot sauce that'll give me heartburn for the rest of the night, but it's worth it. I don't get to eat like this outside these private times. In addition to being a vegan and gluten intolerant, my wife is a health nut. I say that lovingly. She's always on top of her cholesterol, her fat intake, the balance of her caloric intake and output, and all that kind of stuff. And in turn, I have to stay on top of it. And for the most part, I do, willingly. I like being fit, like knowing my body isn't going to attack me someday. But other days, I just want some fucking pizza and wings, like today. I see something scurry in the space behind the AC unit, anxious to be the first to get at the residue on tonight's eventual discards, I assume. So I start with the wings. A hunger runs wild through me, sucks at the pit of my stomach. It tells me to grab the biggest wing first, and I obey. This thing is huge, more like a full-sized piece of fried chicken, dripping with that magic heartburn sauce. I shove half of it in my mouth and bite to the bone. It's not the taste, but the texture that tells me this is all wrong. Not a chicken wing. It's mostly mush, and there's no middle bone. A bunch of little bones crunch under the first chew. I don't bite down a second time. I hold the meat in my mouth as if a witch will curse me if I ever bite down again. I set the pizza box on the AC unit and rush over to the back patio light. Moths flutter around my face as I inspect the chicken wing under the bulb. First thing I see is fur. Matted, greasy, then a mess of bubbly, gooey flesh. Nothing like white or dark meat. More like small organs. Small bones. I spit out what's in my mouth, into my hand. More fur. It's all mashed up, mixed with the sauce. I can't tell what's blood or flesh or fur or sauce. I pitch the chewed up stuff towards the fence and start tearing at the rest of the wing. The coating comes off all slimy and messy. It's the head that stops me cold. Long snout, black beady eyes, whiskers. My mind says mouse as I drop to my knees and vomit in the grass. I realize I'm in the patio light, so I stand toss the sauce-drenched mouse over the fence and go back to my chair by the AC unit. I put the box back in my lap, 
grab a slice of pizza and eat half the slice in one bite, if only to get the taste of mouse out of my mouth. As usual, the pizza's hearty and succulent. The bacon explodes fatty juices onto my tongue. I eat sloppily, swallow the mostly chewed bite and almost choke. I eat two more slices like this, desperate to forget the mouse. When I'm done, I send the box sailing into the vacant lot, but instead of going back inside, I sit on the lawn chair again. I can't tell my wife about this. And whatever chance I had of showing the pizzeria that they'd served me a deep-fried mouse, well, that went over the fence to the pizza box graveyard. It's probably being torn apart by the mice that live there now, unaware they're eating their own. I've got to tell someone. Through the gate, out into the street, Christmas lights up and down the neighborhood. Businesses on the corner with windows frosted and fake ice. It never snows here. It's cold, and I can see my breath. It comes out mouse-shaped. A car drives past carrying holiday music with it. There's no one on the street, no one out walking. Christmas Eve. Everyone's inside roasting chestnuts, watching the Santa Claus too, and not eating deep-fried mouse. I pull out my phone and scroll through the contacts. The first name, Dad. I hit call. I'm on the West Coast and he's somewhere in middle America. We only see each other once a year, usually during holidays, but, but not this year. And it's late here, even later there. He's bound to be asleep, but after the second ring, he answers. What's wrong? Panic in his voice. Dad, I just... I just took a bite out of a dead mouse. The silence is equivalent to him asking, What the fuck is wrong with you? I give him the whole story, my pizza and wings ritual, the secret, and the mouse. He listens, probably nodding off, still half asleep. I had something like that, he says. When you were young... Mine was beer and a hoagie from an Armenian corner store. A guy named Bernie made the best damn sandwich. Your mom didn't want me eating or drinking cholesterol, but I needed it. One day I opened my beer, took a few sips, felt something touching my lip from inside the can. A thumb. Water bloated from the beer. Never told anyone until now. I wonder how many untold stories there are out there like this. Thumbs and mice, people too ashamed to tell. Foreign objects almost eaten in secrecy. But mine is no longer a secret. Hey dad, I say, Merry Christmas. You too, son. There you have it, folks. Tex Grisham reading from Violent Candy. I love that title. It's very cool. Get the book. Hopefully you all get the book right now. I'm going to leave links in the show notes. Tex Grisham is the author of Sunflower, Easy Rider 2, Sleazy Drivers with Kurt, This is Strange June, and Heck, Texas. He's an award-winning screenwriter, and his debut feature, Mustard, is available for free on his website, squeakypig.com. He lives in Los Angeles. Thanks so much to our friends at House of Vlad Press for setting this up. Brian Allen Ellis, one of the early homies of The Talking Book. What a mensch. Love this guy. Check out thetalkingbook.org if you have a badass book and you want us to record and produce it as an almighty audiobook. They're cool, in case you didn't know that. My name is Chris Hartram. This is The Talking Book. Uh, I'm looking for a dog. Happy holidays, everybody. I'm going to talk to you soon before you even want me to. Have a nice time. Like a bishop who has forsaken sympathy 
Chasing sister squares I was lit Before I knew that you were there Like an angel Who has forsaken certainty Sleeping in the square I was lit Before I knew The storm was past